You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And it is time for us, so we figured we'd show up. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Top 100 Teacher Golf Magazine. Any recent articles that we need to peruse? No, but I got some that are coming. Okay, cool. Some that are coming. We're doing a little series on stroke savers. Ooh, some little stories coming up of certain players that I work with, not tour people. We're not talking about those people. We're talking about regular people. Right. That uh, got one guy. He's a good player already, and uh, he'll show be remain nameless until the article comes out. Okay. Then maybe we'll have him on the show. Oh, okay. Sounds fair. And uh good player already. And uh we got together um at a at a place out in uh out Scottsdale. Last time I saw him, it was out there. And um we worked on a handful of things in his golf game, and good player turned into ooh, better than good player. <laughs> okay. And confident enough to go out and you know, drop the handicap from already uh, you know, I think he was already like a sing- single digit. Mm-hmm drop him a couple of singles, single digits there. And, uh, also goes off and wins the pro-am at, uh, Albany in the, uh, that Tiger Woods, uh, hero world challenge. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Guy wins the pro-am. Wow. Yeah. He's playing with Jordan Spieth as his pro partner and, uh, a lot who of did, compliments from Mr. Spieth he, about his game. Who did he play with after Spieth got DQ'd? No, no, that's wrong week. Oh, okay. Wrong week. Albany was a few weeks back. Oh, okay. It's that one in Bahamas where, you know, they're playing near the holiday times and we're oh, yeah. okay. not the only place you really ever want to be around that time because the weather's so bad pretty yeah. much everywhere else. Everywhere, yeah. I got you. That's cool. So I got a story about him. Okay. And um, I got a story about a, a young girl that I work with. She's 16 years old and. She goes out and practices hard every day and works on a game every day. And we tweak a couple things here or there. And she managed to go out and wins a bunch of tournaments. That's working on different sense. parts of her game. That makes all that practice worthwhile, doesn't it? Uh-huh. That one's a, that one we've had on the show a couple of times. Friend of the show. Ah, that's Miss Bunker? Uh, yeah. All right. And I uh, got another story of um, another, another, another guy that has uh, – he came to me and his game was really suffering. He'd former college golfer. Like he's, he's now 50 mid fifties, former college golfer. Mm-hmm. And, um, the mind of a good player still there just had a broken motion and, mm-hmm. uh, fixed the motion and, you know, went from a former college player, bunch of years later, turns into a 90 shooter. And, um, I get him out there and he goes out and fires his best round, fires a little 73 going that and uh, goes out and wins his, uh, his last summer or two summers ago, um, out in Colorado at Eagle Springs and, um, goes out and wins his flight in the member guest and then wins the playoff and wins the whole member guest drops <laughs> his handicap by six shots. <laughs> and you got a few. Got a few drinks bought for him at the end of the round. So we got, you know, so it was a good, it was a good thing all around, right? So yeah. the, the golf digest or the golf magazine stuff that's coming out, you know, is 
is what are we doing, you know, with with our players? How are we how are we raising raising the game that way? How are we making them better? So okay. that's what's that's coming up. Good. So keep your eyes open, and you can, you know, probably impress your friends and neighbors someday by just kind of leafing through the back of the magazine, going, "Hey, I know this dude. He's pretty cool. You should listen to him." So anyhow, let me ask you a question though, since you brought up stuff like that. Yeah. I, I've known and, and I think we've all known parents who have had children who were very, very good at one sport or another. Yep. And oftentimes they come out of pocket for serious lessons. Um, I mean, my my former broadcast partner, her son was a great pitcher and they paid a lot of money for private pitching lessons for him. And yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of soccer people are getting private lessons and tutelage. If you have a child who expresses an interest in and is pretty good at golf, do you have to go to the point of joining a private club to get the attention that they would need? No. Okay. Very quick answer. Okay. Definitely. No, you do not have to go do that at all. Not a requirement. Okay. So a couple of things that are needed in this whole thing about um, junior golf and what are our kids doing and how do we make them better and how do we put them in an, an environment that can work is Find a program that is producing good players. Okay. Take them there. Make that work. How does one research those? First thing I would do is look at the, the rankings in your state of kids, your kids' ages, okay. and just above it and just above that. Okay, did they find like out the home course? Do a little bit of research on who's coaching the kid. Okay. Social media. Okay. Guarantee you that that kid's stuff is out there. Look him up, find him on social media, find out on Instagram, find out who they're coaching, jot it down, start looking at a whole bunch of them, and then find out where those coaches are, find out what kind of programs they offer. Because if they're producing good players, start with the good players, mm -hmm. right? Go look at who those good players are being coached by. It'll be on the social media profile somewhere. Somehow okay. you can find that. That's not right. a hard hard deal because kids put everything on social media. Parents no. put everything on social media. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> I have a couple now, of here's the a, thing: a niece and a nephew into... that live their life on social media. Yeah, but once you run into that, a couple of things that are pretty important. How big's the program? How often they are they there? What type of a program is it? Is it right for your kid? Right? Mm -hmm. What if what if it's out there and it and it's very group based and there's a social aspect to that and a competitive aspect to that? And what if it's big groups that become smaller groups that become smaller groups yet? That's probably a good one. Okay. Because that means that the kids, you know, when they're younger 
there's a bunch of them doing it when they get a little bit older and a little bit older and a little bit older yet they have different levels of that so we got the introductories you know and then we've got the mm-hmm. better than introductories and then we got the ones that are really honing the skill mm-hmm. and then we got the ones that are really getting competitive if that's mm-hmm. where the kid wants to go is competition right, right? But find out who offers that sort of thing in your area, wherever your area is. <clears throat> and find out by researching coaches, how many kids they really work with and what do they get done? What's their track record, you know, with kids? Okay. Like in the state of Indiana, for example, where I used to teach, right? A lot of golf there. Um, there's people out there that are working with kids. And you got to find out like, well, which one of them are producing ones that make it to college and which ones don't make it to college. Mm -hmm. And you find out sometimes it's the kids and find out who's doing a good job of producing kids that make it to college and find out what are they doing? I would imagine college coaches would be a good source for that information. Would they not? Oh, maybe. And here's, here's why I say maybe. College coaches are looking all over the world okay, for the talent, the bigger colleges, right? The medium-sized colleges are trying to get anything they can get that's good. And the smaller mm-hmm. colleges are the ones that have an idea of who the, who the people are that are producing good players locally. But that might not be the best. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of clicking of buttons on the internet that you can do on the out on the interwebs to find it all out, right? Yeah, there is. Yeah, definitely. And it's worthwhile doing, too. It really is. Because if you, you find someone that you do well with, then, then it, it serves that purpose. But you also have to find out who's going to be a good coach for your child in development not just as a player, who's mm-hmm. going to challenge them? Who's going to make them rise to the occasion that they can carry that over into the rest of life? Find out that person too, because we all know the odds are somewhere between slim and none mm-hmm. for most kids getting to the PJ tour, the LPJ tour. Yeah. There's a few that are out there that will get it done. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But I mean, you're talking the the top one percent of the top one percent. You are talking about that, yeah. Right. There's there's one that I know pretty well that is going to make it. Okay. She's she is going to make it. Mm-hmm. But I know some that won't because they will change what they want to do. Okay. What I'm talking about. Yeah. I know I what she wants to do. Yeah. Right. The, the reality of all that is, is that the athletes, the kids themselves, they're the ones that are really driving this, you know, whatever it is. If the parents have to push and push and push and push to get them to do it, then they ain't going to make it. Yeah. I, I'm not thinking about parents pushing. I'm thinking about parents helping and yeah. and be, becoming a uh, an equal partner in finding how to get the kid to where the kid wants to be. Yeah. That's that's what's all important. If if your child just wants to play golf on the weekend with you, then that's cool. You know, don't push. But if he wants a college scholarship and his shot of playing in the in the pros, you know, by all means, don't talk him out of it. Just let him go for it, okay? 
We got a lot more. We're talking about golf, kids, and a whole bunch of stuff. And we'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang out. I drink coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. I'm drinking coffee almost all day long, and I found a brand new product that's making my coffee and my health even better. It comes from Phil Mickelson and his performance coach, Dave Phillips. They worked together on it. Now, this podcast is sponsored by them. It's called For Wellness, and For Wellness is a functional food brand with a unique range of snacks and supplements that are designed to help you get the most out of your body and mind. I love the stuff. I've been drinking my coffee with the good stuff. That's what it's called, the good stuff every morning, and I love it. They've also got superfood focus bites that taste like a chocolate brownie, coffee pods, and more amazing products. Okay, so if you drink coffee, it's time to give For Wellness a try. Head to forwellness.com slash golfguys and use code golfguys for 25% off your order. Once again, For Wellness, F forwellness.com backslash golf guys for 25% off and make sure you use our promo code golf guys so they know we sent you. And we are back those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is golf magazine top 100 instructor, coach slash teacher, Jeff Smith down at Bonita Bay in, uh, in Bonita Springs, Florida. Right across you know, the it's street. nice down here. Yeah, I can I imagine. I got to tell you. Yeah, we had uh, two inches of snow two days ago. Complaining a whole bunch about winter down here being not as good as other years. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's my first year from being up north in the wintertime. It is way better <laughs> down here. You didn't even bring a snow shovel with you, did you? No, didn't even <laughs> consider it, didn't even talk about it, left it at home and laughed about it when I drove away. <laughs> And laughed um, a lot when the wife called and said, where'd you put that snow shovel, Jeff? We got some stuff in the driveway we got to take care of. Because <laughs> we did. It, 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 you know, it 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 got us in Indiana. It got us, yeah, you know, did. like about four or five inches. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, oh, joy, oh, bliss. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't stay long. You know, southern Indiana gets some snow. It isn't going to hang around long. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the sun, the sun itself will just evaporate the stuff after a while i mean this week i was i'm trying to clear my schedule for tomorrow it's going to be 63 degrees that's that's golf weather as far as i'm concerned man i mean sure february 63 degrees hell yeah yeah Sign me 63 up. degrees at you know like eight o'clock in the morning here and people are playing golf <laughs> that's right just we just have to wait for the frost delays here okay rub it in again some more we have do 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 you do, do? you got do we do yeah <laughs> We do do. Uh, listen, this is a personal question. A lot of other people may be able to benefit from your answer to this question. So I'm going to ask it, even though, like I said, it's it's for me, I'm asking. Okay. A company that will remain nameless has gotten in touch with me and asked me if I would be interested in being fit for their new driver. Of course. You would want to be fit for oh, their I'd new want driver. To be fit. But I have a fitted driver. I, yes. I have a Callaway Maverick driver that was fitted to me two and a half years ago. I know. And you play that driver pretty well. I do play it pretty well. Would it be, would it behoove me? Has technology improved in two and a half years to the point where I may play better with a new driver fitted to me as opposed to my three year old driver that's been fitted to me? Whose money are we spending? Nobody's the company's sure, it would behoove you to go get fit. <laughs> okay. 
Let's think. What has changed in the last three years? You. Me. Yeah. I'm three right? years older. Yeah. Right. Three years older. My knee is three years worse. Three years less flexible. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So does that mean that you probably can't produce what you could produce three years ago and it turned out great at that moment? Probably. Is it still great now? I mean, last last I looked, it's been it's been three months since I played, but you know, last I was out there, it was working fine. Good. So then you still have something that you could say, all right, no matter what happens in this fitting, I've got something to fall back on. That this is going to be the greatest thing ever. So you're not looking forward to it. Like what you have now is terrible. No, you can't play it. It doesn't go anywhere. And all it does is go sideways and sound terrible. Mm -hmm. So you're not looking at getting a new driver with bated breath. Like so many others are. No, not like this is going to be the be all and end all of my uh, my golf season. It's just so hard to, to think that right. So go in with a fitting with an open mind and just say, Hey, look, I wonder if the guy can produce in this fitting something that's turns out a better performer. Yeah. And the good news is that no matter how it, how it performs, I get to keep it. I don't have to use it. I just have to say I do. (laughs) What? That mean like half the pros in the world. Come on, John. See, but I'm never on TV, so no one will ever know. <laughs> There's guys out there playing a Callaway bag with Callaway head covers, and there's a Titleist underneath it, or vice versa, right? <laughs> or they got their tailor-made head cover on their driver because they got to play so many of them, mm-hmm. and that thing's a Callaway or a Mizuno or a King or a something, right? right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I know. I, I asked I asked him, I said, you know, could I get fitted for like a five, six, seven, eight, and nine iron instead? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, no. <laughs> Those only sell for $140 a club. <laughs> yeah, I was like, bummer. <laughs> We're gonna sell the one promote the one that sells for six hundred a club. <laughs> or seven. Special shaft. Yeah. <laughs> shaft made the difference. That's this what, is the big deal, folks. That's what happens when you pay 700 You get the special shaft. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. I and got the, shafted. <laughs> uh, I went uh, to this place one time and I got the shaft. That's right. What was that old country <laughs> song? She got the gold mine. I got the shaft. Or we we split the mine. She got the gold. I got the shaft. I don't know. Something like that. I'm sorry I brought it up. I don't remember. I do remember the song, Thank God and Greyhound, You're Gone. I liked that one, too. Uh-huh. But uh, anyhow, back to golf. Um, this And this is one of those uh, companies that does not sell in stores. You can only oh, get don't. their product at their fitting when they show up at your favorite club. Oh, really? Like yeah. a traveling roadshow fitter? Yeah. Oh, so it's not like yeah. one of those places that have commercials at 2.30 in the morning at no. some very specific <laughs> golf course oh. in Arizona where they oh, film. That's right. All every... shot in front of that one mountain in Scottsdale. <laughs> 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 no, I'll tell you flat, flat out, this PXG. 
honestly, I think that it's the same hole over and <laughs> over, over and over. Like somebody built one golf hole yeah. out there in the desert <laughs> to take care of one. And all the infomercials are filmed there. And that was the entire purpose of building that one hole. And I think they have the same seven golfers too, man. You know, the same seven they old do, guys. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. I've never hit a shot that far in my life. Mm-hmm. I think they just rotate those guys in and out of the commercials, right? Yeah, they do. I am sure. I think the it. first time I saw that hole that we're talking about, it was, I don't know if it was like some X99 something or other yeah, huh? driver that was like a, really, it was like a, a small shed or a small headed two wood or something, mm-hmm. right? With heavy bottom weight. You could even hit it off the deck, folks. <laughs> right? That thing. I thought then, I was like, oh, that's, hey, I wonder where that golf hole is. And then I saw an alien wedge commercial, and there it was again. Yeah. Huh? I'm like, oh. Huh. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that, do you remember the alien wedge, John? I, I do. Yes. Big, gigantic soul plate <laughs> on this thing. Right? This thing looked like a, Look like a doorstop on a stick. <laughs> what it look like, yeah. right? I have a, a brother-in-law who buys all that stuff. I mean, he has a moon wood in his bag. Is a moon wood? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can hit this thing to the moon. <laughs> Great. I try yeah. to hit it off the golf course. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wonders why his bag's so heavy is because he's got, you know, 19 clubs in it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The latest and the greatest, man. But no, I mean, it's it's the only thing I'm really looking forward to is is buying new gloves. I love new gloves. I know you don't wear a glove, but for people who are gloved when they play, yeah. you know, how often should you replace your glove, man? When it starts to wear out, when it has holes in it or what? You know, I sit there and I think to myself, what's the purpose in a glove? And it's to improve your grip on the club, mm-hmm. right? In the golf swing. So if your glove begins to fail at its only job, it's time it to replace. It's one job. It's one job. Right. Okay. And it's to improve the connection. And if all of a sudden your glove gets a little slick and a little slippery, Mm-hmm. its function is now done. Go give it to somebody else and then make a bet against them. Because <laughs> <laughs> if the glove gotcha. is slippery, they'll squeeze. And then their That's balls true. will go to the right because they won't fully release the head down to the ball and they'll hit a bunch of thin shots t- to the right. And not only can you win the bet against them, but you can bet your partner on every time they hit the ball, a predictable shot by them and you're double dipping on the bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watch no. this guy. I guarantee you this ball, <laughs> this one out here, this one's going high, right? Watch. Right. <laughs> and you've given Mr. Slick glove who not only are you going to beat that Mr. Slick glove in the bet on the hole or on the day, but you're also peeling some money off somebody else because you know what their ball's going to do. <laughs> you're smart enough to wager on that too. <laughs> See, we're going to help you out. We're You may not be better at golf this year, but you're going to make more money out there playing. Hang on. We are those weekend golf guys, and we will be right back. 
Well, of course, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and follow us. Like us, please. You know, as business people, what we know is we are always driven for the search for better, better products, better profits, better employees. But when it comes to hiring, you know, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match and match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and just head right to Indeed. That's what we should have done when we were looking to replace, temporarily, intrepid producer Mark. We knew he'd be gone for a year. We were inundated with phone calls, letters, resumes. We didn't have the time. We didn't have the patience. So listen, you need Indeed if you're looking to hire. And listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash weekend. Just go to Indeed.com slash weekend right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this show. Indeed.com slash weekend. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've got a fun group for you to hang out with on Facebook. It's facebook.com, League of Extraordinarily Average Golfers. I told you we'd be back, and I ain't just making idle threats. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And uh, I got a, a little note, man, from somebody who heard last week, man, and they started using Gilligan's. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And if you haven't heard last week's show about Gilligan's. We got to do that again. Bring it up. Tell us all about it again. Come on. It was such a good thing. Gilligan's are the antithesis of mulligans. Your force, here's here's your scenario. You got your foursome and you're playing two and two or, you know, partners or one-on-one, however you want to do it. But you're playing and you get your, give yourself and everybody that's playing on the foursome one mulligan per side. Well, then you also give each buddy, everybody one Gilligan per side. Now, you know, a mulligan, you hit a shot, you don't like it, you say, I'm taking my mulligan. You throw the ball down, you try it again. A Gilligan is just the opposite, okay? Jeff hits this beautiful shot on a par five and puts it right up on the green. He's putting for an eagle. And I go, Jeff, man, that was beautiful shot. I'm calling in my Gilligan. Do it again. <laughs> Suddenly that shot no longer counts. <laughs> the only caveat is you can't do it if the if the shot hit the pin or went in the hole. You can't. Yeah. You can't, you can't really take get that a, from a hole in one or or a you can't shot take that, that from pin. somebody, right? No, you can't. Got to be that. some rules, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, but nobody you know, would be that cruel anyhow, except maybe you. But you know, I would. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I forget about that part of the rule. I'd like, hey, John, that was great. Oh, put that one in the memory banks. But That's as far right. as our game goes, I'm going to have to see that again. That's right. <laughs> but anyhow, they um, they thought it was a great idea, and they used it. And they said the guys that played with them thought it was a great idea to begin with. But when when the the dude who listened to the show started calling Gilligan's on people, he he said they didn't like it. It, it was all of a sudden. He yeah. wasn't such a popular fella anymore. Hey, I mentioned to you that we got a guy coming up as a guest in a couple of weeks who's yeah. got a, a, a kind of a high dollar uh, amateur tournament deal. Yeah. 
with a lot of celebrities that participate with him. So you get to play like Urban Meyer is one of the guys that plays every every uh, tournament he has and stuff like that. And he was telling me, and this is something that we have mentioned time and time again, that he is very, very upset at what he called the protectors of the game. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> you getting me wound up already? He said, because their job, which they don't seem to understand, is not to protect the game, it's to grow the game. And everything that they've done in the past few years vis-a-vis rules has worked against growing the game. It has basically put the kibosh on people being able to enjoy the game to the point where a lot of people are just saying, I'm not playing by the rules. If I have to play by the rules, I'm not playing the game. So, well, I got to, I got to agree. Right. Yeah. I you thought nice you might. about this, right. I'm not going to put on my anti USGA hat on tonight. I'm not going to do it tonight. Okay. I'll just agree with him. Yeah. I want you to know that there, there are people what? out there. It's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, let's think about that. USGGA thinking they have to protect the game. Yeah, from Against what? Who? Are there marauders out there trying to steal our game? <laughs> steal our game? <laughs> trying to stab our game in the belly? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. What are we protecting it from? People who want to turn it into pickleball? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so at all. No. <laughs> Are they afraid of are they afraid of the younger generation and their hoodies and their joggers and their music on the golf course? Is that what they're trying to protect our game against? I think that's part of it. Yes. I really do. Guess there'll what, be USGA? no fun at Bushwood. Guess what, USGA? Those people are already playing sort of golf anyway. Yeah. Amen. And they're doing it on their own time, they're doing it on their own rules, and they're doing it on the same courses, but they're playing whatever game they want. Exactly. So, you know, you can't even say that you're protecting the integrity of the game by just making up rules that people don't follow. Because if they're not going to follow it, you have no influence on them whatsoever. Mm -mm. So then, if it is the protectors of the game against the marauders from wherever who is it really that's going to protect the game it's the golf professionals who influence those people Mm -hmm. it's the teachers it's the influencers it's the people who they want to watch and they will emulate it's the players who are on televised golf Mm mm-hmm those are the people who will keep and have a chance to keep the integrity of the game that the USGA says they're trying to protect. But the entity itself of the USGA has no bearing anymore in today's society. I'm not going to suggest they should just fold up shop. But what I'm saying is they don't have any sway anymore over the people that they're talking about now of the traditional golfers. Sure. The USGA holds credibility because there are those of us, and I put myself in this category. There are those of us 
who love the current state of our game and the history of our game mm-hmm. and love the notion that if you can't count in a tournament and you sign the scorecard for the higher score, you have to take the score. But if you sign for a lower score, you get disqualified. Okay. I'm all right with those. Mm-hmm. Those rules are laid out and it's just part of the game. Meaning guess what? Counting is a necessity. Yes. It's also a skill. <laughs> right. That most I'm of us master by the first grade, but I'm that's... All with that, right. Yeah. I don't need to, you know, see all these social media things about Jordan Spieth getting booted from a tournament. Like he should have been disqualified. The disqualification is a stupid penalty. I'm like, no, it's not. It stops people from intentionally not counting well mm-hmm. and cheating everybody else out of it. And it is important. It. Yes. And because it's one of the rules, people have to understand why well, the rule shouldn't just be that. I'm like, well, really? Then what rule should we put in place to make sure that people don't unintentionally accidentally count poorly or intentionally count yeah. poorly, right? Yeah. How do yeah. we stop that? There has to be something in there. And please don't make it sound like I'm defending the USGA rules at this point, but we do have to have some rules in our game for competition's sake about yes. people actually able to do math. And the ones who aren't doing the math correctly suffer the consequences. So if the consequence is, hey, John, I made a four in that hole, but I really made a three and I say I made a four, well, I'm just an idiot and I got to take that extra penalty stroke. Mm-hmm. But if I say I made a three and I really made a four, now I'm either A, confused, <laughs> B, uh, forgetful, C, lying your teeth, fibbing, <laughs> right? Something along those lines, right? Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. But there's got to be penalties for that. So I can't imagine that the protectors of the game are protecting against anything like that, except for the people who are already willing to play by the rules that are established, which are people like me. And I complain about a couple of them and I wish they'd change a couple of them, Mm -hmm. but I am of the, the, the ilk that will follow these rules as laid down. I complain about them frequently, but mm-hmm. I play by them. Right. Right. As a right. teacher, I'm going to let all the students figure out my job is to get them to play golf. And I don't want the rules of the game to stop them from playing golf. So I'm going to back down on, hey, John, you're only allowed to have 14 clubs in that bag. And that 15th one is going to cost you two extra penalty shots on hole number one and hole number two. <laughs> Guess what? You don't even care. No, no, I don't. Neither do you. I don't even care. I really literally don't. Because I'm not going to take that rule and shove it down your throat so much that you'll you'll stop playing the game because you'll go, these rules are dumb. Yeah. That's what half this population I'm talking about is doing. They're just forgetting some of these rules. They don't care. No, no. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's, it's the, you know three minutes to look for a lost ball and it's, you know, it's a a stroke penalty. If you lose a ball, it's four bucks, man. No, I'm going to take what I need to think if I can find it as long as there's nobody behind me. Right. And I'm not going to take a stroke because four bucks is enough of a penalty for a lost ball. Come on, man. 
So there you go. We're off that soapbox again. But the guy's coming up up, uh, in a couple of weeks, and he's got a really cool thing, and I think we're all going to really enjoy it. Uh, So uh, make sure that you uh, pay attention every week from here on out, okay? Okay. We will be right back. We are those Weekend Golf Guys. And we are back again, those Weekend Golf Guys. John Ashton here. Jeff Smith there down in Benita Bay, Florida, in Benita Springs, a director of instruction and Golf Magazine top 100 golf teacher, coach par excellence, golf, uh, Jeff Smith, golf instruction.com, right? Yeah. That's it is, right? Check them out. Check it says out. a little bit out there. I'm going to update the website here pretty shortly. You know, cool. got some different things going, right? Got to appreciate that. Hey, we're, we're starting up our, uh, our thing and I got to talk to Jeff off, off mic about this, but, uh, we were starting back with the um, uh, salesperson business golf instruction, uh, just how to play, what to do, what not to do. And yeah. for those who don't feel comfortable out on a golf course playing with other people who may or may not be good at golf, uh, instruction with Jeff included in the price. So, you know, you can always tell everybody, hey, I made that shot because I'm studying with a top 100 teacher. Ha, ha, ha. There you go. So anyhow, um, B2B golf, the business golf course, just keep your ears open. We'll be uh, coming up as soon as it gets warm enough in the whole country to play. Okay. Yeah. Cool beans. Cool beans. All right. So man clubs, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but there are people who are playing golf who aren't very good and are giving up the game because their equipment is not right for them. You know, they, yeah, they, they, a lot of that. they bought the clubs at Goodwill. They, they got them at a garage sale of, you know, a, a, a neighbor or friend gave them a used set said here, they go out and they use them and they don't work. And they say, I suck at this game. I can't play. I'll tell you, golf is not fun. If you don't play well, let, 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 let me, let me rephrase that. Golf is not fun. If you don't think you can hit the ball as you should. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, people rate their shots in their head as soon as they hit it. Mm -hmm. The emotional thing that goes on in their head. There's something in there. Like right away, instantly, the feel of it, the sound of it. It happens immediately before you even know where to go look for it in the air. Or on the ground if it's really a bad stroke. <laughs> but that feeling, that rating, that that's the expectation level that they have. That's their happiness meter. Mm-hmm. Right? Just this afternoon, I worked with a fella on the range. I knew what he wanted. He went through the whole thing of what he wanted, and yet I already knew the three things that he wanted. Because he's a golfer. <laughs> he wants to control his golf ball. Mm-hmm. He wants it to go farther and he wants it to feel good. Mm-hmm. How do you know? So my job is all about making sure it hits the center of the club face with the club face facing where he's swinging. I already know that's the emotions of the game right there. That's the part that gets you coming back. Right. 
the one where you flush it, the one where you're like, oh my God, I can't hit it any better than that. Why am I not playing at Augusta National on Sunday afternoon in April? Why is that? I can't hit it any better than this. I can never miss another shot. And the answer is to the why am I not playing on Sunday Augusta? Because you stand no chance. Right. Ever. Of playing that good of golf or being invited. So that's why. That's funny. Because as we've discussed earlier, you are not the 1% of the 1%. It, look, that's an invitation-only tournament. And they have they have standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they and are well-established. And you sir. could even find them on the internet. <laughs> and no matter good how good you think you're hitting it, it ain't that going to get... That ain't getting you there. <laughs> so anyhow. But the point is is that here we are talking about the why people play, the happiness. Why do they go back? Is it because the USGA rules? No. Mm. Is it because the number that they shoot? No. There's people out there shooting horrendous numbers on the golf course to them, and they still go back. Mm -hmm. They go back because they're chasing that feel. Yeah. They go back because... They want to have just one more swing at it to see if they can get it flushed, to see if they can find the magic. They, they want to see if before. they can get it, right? Yeah. Come on, this is what it is. It's a challenge. It's a personal. It's the chase of mm-hmm. the elusive flush shot. Yeah. You know when we all hope as, as, as guys who run golf courses, you know when we hope it happens? On the 18th. On the 18th hole. <laughs> That's right. Because the first thing they do when they come into the clubhouse after they get off the 18th is make a tee time for tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. Because that last swing of the day, baby, yeah. if it's a good one, man, <laughs> they're in the mood to play some more. That's it. Can I go an extra nine, John? Can I go an extra <laughs> nine? Come on. There's still some daylight left. We can get it in. Call your wife. It's okay. <laughs> You're going to get stranded by the highway in about an hour and you got to call me back and I got to meet you on the side of the road and fix your car. That's right. Right. I don't know what's wrong with that battery, but it started it, but it didn't keep it running. I don't know. But that's the kind of stuff we hear at golf courses. You got an extra nine. How is there, is there a play extra rate? Can I play some more golf? Right. Mm-hmm. Why do they want to do it? Cause they're addicted to it because they got that feel. They got the thing that gets them coming back. The hook has been set. Hey, you get it once, you know you're going to get it again. You know you're going to get it again. It may be next year, but you're going to do you're it. You're going to hit it shot after shot, and you're going to every time you think you're going to flush it, and every time you think that thing's going in from the fairway. Yeah. You stand up there, bust a drive, and you're standing out there, even though you want to be cool. When that ball's in the air, and you want to bend down and pick up that tee and walk off the tee <laughs> like you don't want to watch it. You want to watch it. Yes, you do. (laughs) You want to stand there and watch that sucker fly and pierce the sky and just stare it to the ground and look over at your buddies after it finally stops with a big old grin on your face and go, go chase that one, suckers. (laughs) Right? You know you want to do that. So you you should do it. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's, that's what the game is for, man. Right. You want to take that trip to Pinehurst. You want to take that trip to the Colorado Rockies. You want to take that trip to Pebble beach. You want to, Mm -hmm. 
You want to go to Scotland. You want to go there because it's the chase all the time. I played this great golf course. I played the old course once. All right. I played this one. I played Muirfield once now too, right? You go to these old historical places, you go to these famous golf courses and you can call it a pilgrimage or whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever, bucket list, pipe dream stuff. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Golfers Mm -hmm. have made that their home. They'll go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Somebody says there's a cool track out in the middle of Nebraska. They're going. Yep. Would they go to middle of Nebraska for anything else? No way, but they'll chase a golf course. What about those new ones in Missouri that the, the, the guy that owns the sporting goods store? Um, yeah, that stuff that he did with uh, Payne's Valley. That Payne's Valley. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, places like that. People one, aren't yeah. showing up out in the middle of nothing for no reason. They're going for golf. Yeah. You don't think that whole area of Pinehurst was built on sand. Do you not on <laughs> peach farms? Certainly not that. Yeah. What build, you know, nobody started living there for the turf nurseries. There's nothing in Pinehurst except golf courses. There's golf courses and hills. Yeah. You know what? It's pretty there, by the it way. Is, I got it. It is pretty. And they didn't, that thing is out in the middle of nothing though. Let me tell you. Yeah. I've been all around that thing and it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. And that is in the middle of it. <laughs> but I got to tell you something though. People keep showing up. They made a whole town out of that. They made a long lasting resort out of that. They made 20 other golf courses around there. A bunch of wealthy people that are on there showing up for what? For golf. Mm -hmm. Because they're all chasing it. That's it. Everybody's after the same thing. They got to have it. Yep. It's an addiction. Not a bad addiction, but an addiction nonetheless. How about down where I am right here in South Florida? Holy smokes. You want to talk about the thing that built a whole state? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Talk about tourism and a huge part of tourism is golf. Yep. It's Florida. It is. It definitely is. I can't believe in the two county area that I'm in, Lee County and Collier County. I look at the overhead on Google Maps when I'm driving around. Every place I go, I'm looking at golf holes on my overhead map. <laughs> I'm driving down this road. As soon as you can't see a building, there's a golf course there. Yep. There is. And even when you see buildings, probably behind the building is a golf course. It's unbelievable. So we have determined there are three things that should, no matter what you think, there are three things you're looking for. You're looking to be able to control your golf ball, to hit it further and to feel good about it. Every time you go out, you're not going to do it every time, but that's what you're looking for to do. That's the chase. And if you pay attention Learn a few tips and tricks and techniques. Maybe you can control it better, hit it farther, and get that feeling every time you go out to play some golf. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.